Okay, let me let me start like like a couple days before, cause a couple days before was crazy. Like I could not sleep. I remember one day specifically. I didn't go to sleep sleep until about two thirty, and next thing you know, I'm like in my dream. I'm like literally rolling out of a bunch of heel hooks, like a like a battle royale of everybody coming after me, trying to heel hook me over and over again, and literally I'm just like rolling in my sleep, and I wake up, I catch myself on my stomach and I'm like, why am I rolling around? What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcaster, Rafa Sparza, coming to you with another great installment of The Grappling Hour. I am very excited for today's episode for a number of reasons. One, we're bringing on somebody who just beasted the ADCC trials. And I mean, it was an impressive run. So I'm very, very excited to talk with him. And we will do so in just a second. But before we do, a couple quick reminders. First, if you like this show, and it would mean a lot to me if you did, all you have to do to go support it is go over to high.page backslash grappling hour. You go there, you become a member for just five bucks a month. You can see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. And if you want to pay a few extra dollars, you can check out other uh, bonus content episodes that are only available there, as well as tape studies with the athletes about their matches and their fights and a segment where guests actually come on and roast my competition footage because, I mean, it's pretty funny. I mean, to me. Anyway. Uh, you can also like, comment, and subscribe. And if you don't know what you want to comment in this uh, YouTube section or down here in the comment section, I'll give you something to comment about by the end of the video. I promise you that. So there is that. And you can join our Discord to continue the conversations that we have here on this broadcast. All right, about our guest. Well, you might be looking at this guest and saying, like, he has quietly been working his way up and he has been a terror on the mats. He has been somebody who during the ADCC weekend some might call us a spoiler. Some might call uh, a phenom. Some might call, hey, where have you been? I'm here to find out more about this young man and his impressive work, not just in the gi, but the impressive work that he is doing in no gi. But he is one of your trials winners from this past weekend. And I'm so glad that he's joining the show for the very first time. Please welcome for the very first time on the show. One, Elijah Dorsey. Elijah, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Doing great. How about you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, man. All right. We should start off right away because every time I look at your Instagram, I see here, I see it's Big Breakfast. Now, when I see Big <laughs> Breakfast, I have to ask myself, why is this man referring to himself by that moniker? Well, so I originally got the nickname from my teammate, uh, Jamil. Um, if you don't know him, he's the first African-American Black World Champion in the Gi. And... Um, yeah, he's a funny guy. He gave me the nickname. I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know the exact story behind it. He has his reasoning, but from my interpretation of it is that I eat a lot and Big Breakfast just gives her a good ring. And pretty much whenever we go to tournaments, we always travel like as a team. So I would eat my food and then I would eat everybody else's food if they didn't finish. Like everybody knows if you, if you, if you don't finish your food, just pass it down to me pretty much. 
Okay, now you have to make weight, young man. So I get concerned <laughs> when this happens, but I have to start here. Let's start with the name, which is Big Breakfast. So does that mean that you enjoy breakfast more than other foods? Because oh, yeah, I'm trying sure. to figure out what the story is behind this. It's one thing to say, like, hey, what's up? We got big breakfast over here. He could have just as easily said, like, look, big diners over this way. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out where it is that this all kind of computes. I personally, I love breakfast. Breakfast is my favorite. Uh, breakfast is my favorite style of food throughout, like, out of everything. So um, I, I, think it's, I think the name comes from just, like, a better ring to it. But... It doesn't have like a direct correlation with breakfast, but I'm glad that that's the name because I, I do like breakfast more than everything, like pancakes, egg sausage, bacon, all that type of stuff. I understand that. My uh, my wife was actually cooking before, and <laughs> I'm doing another interview today, but I'm doing it in person, which means I'm training. And if I'm mm -hmm. training, I don't like to eat before I go, but she cooked a very beautiful eggs, omelet, toast, all this, and I'm like passing it up and going... <laughs> I really don't want to eat before I train. So this, uh, this was a lot to pass up. So I, I understand that. I will Maybe ask you this. <laughs> I will ask you this though. Are you more, because you mentioned pancakes, are you pancakes over waffles though? Yes. I will say that I am pancakes over waffles. Yeah. Okay. We have our, we have our first dividing factor here on the show. Okay, <laughs> good to know. So, okay. What I would maybe emphasize here is, at least get a version of this story with Mill so that you guys can go forth and, and, and tell other people this story. Because when I'm thinking about it right now, all I get stuck on is when you're like, I don't really know how I got the name. I'm like, bro, they keep calling you that. That's your Instagram moniker. I hope you have a version of this that you can tell people, even if it's not the real thing. Get a version down so that you can tell civilians like myself, and that way you don't have to get bogged down with it because some people might have to go up to him and be like, why'd you name him that? And he might have forgotten at this point. One thing I know is, is that he did not forget. I, I know that. So so I promise out that next time, next time I see him, that I'll, I'll get him to sit down with me and, 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 and tell me why he gave me that nickname. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Okay. We're on a good path here. I feel that you're going to remedy these mistakes by the time we talk the very next time. So I'm sure, very sure, happy sure. about that. <laughs> Now, in figuring this, when you're the guy who's the garbage disposal, I call that uh, the, the, space, the space that you are in on a table because I do the same thing. So when people don't finish, I'm usually like, no, no, fat kid, come on over this way. Right, right. Uh, and I think that comes from a lot of my parents always being like, why are you leaving food on the table? And then you're looking down and you go, well, yeah, you're right. I guess we shouldn't leave that. And especially if it's a really good looking uh, sort of food. So are we mm -hmm. talking like a lot of leftovers here or is it judgment or do you not judge them and just say like, no, 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 it's okay if you didn't eat. Internal judgment, pass your food. I actually encourage people not to eat, the, not to finish their food. Like don't, don't stuff yourself. Don't stuff yourself. Just pass it over to me. We don't want to waste money. We don't like, we, we pay, we're, we're paying for this. So gotta get finished. <laughs> That's fair. And you know what? People don't consider this travel costs. Travel food is the most expensive food. So if you're going from tournament to tournament, you're not just paying for a Snickers that somebody just got at like a convenience store. You're paying for gas station Snickers. You're paying for gas station prices or places where they know they can hike it up if it's at the tournament itself. So uh, you're actually doing a major service here, sir. 
I believe so too. I believe so too. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't ask, what is the best thing that somebody has passed up food wise that you have taken from them? Because there are some days when people do, go, do you want this? And I was like, dude, I was eyeing it the whole time. Yep. I, I was looking at that pasta. So what is one of the best things that you've gotten as a default? Um, it's been so many times. I, I, my, okay. So my mom, whenever we go out to eat, she most nine times or 8.5 times out of 10 doesn't finish her food. So she always asks me, do I want the rest? But like in the beginning, I'm like, don't order too much because you know that you're not going to finish. So then she just ends up ordering it anyway. And then she gives it to me. So, but to, to, to say a specific thing, I mean, off the top of my head, I can just say like anything from a diner, like di diners low key have like really good breakfast. And whenever I go to the diner, I always get breakfast. I, I never get lunch or dinner from a diner just because they have breakfast on the menu and it's so much to uh, choose from. But yeah, probably just like some, some like really good pancakes or something like that would be, would be uh, my favorite thing. Okay, now I'm starting to figure out something. You might be the first kid on record to ever tell their mom to not order as much food. Like, you're the one kid that's like, Mom, uh, you're not going to finish that. And most of the times the parents are paying, so I'm pretty sure you're doing her a solid, a solid in being like, hey, uh, real talk, Mom, I, I've seen how much you put away. It's not going to happen. You're going to have 75% right, right. of that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So because you enjoyed food so much, how are you so in shape? Is it the metabolism? Is it that you're working it off so much? Because you're cutting a little bit of weight in order to make your division, and you very much fool the rest of us into thinking you are very much in shape. So, so how are you able to maintain either a diet or stay on weight whenever you're competing? Now, that is a very good question because even like dating back to when I was younger, like there's one, there's one Kiss Pan story. I think it was my second year at Kiss Pans. I had to get moved up last minute of a weight class because I was, I was cheating on my diet, on my diet plan that I was given. So, I, but I was telling, I was definitely lying about what I was eating. Like I, I would be snacking, snacking on things. So that's why I didn't lose the weight how I was supposed to. So I ended up getting moved up. Um, and that kind of, not going to lie, still uh, happens now. Like, I, I, I'm a snacker. Like, I, I definitely snack a lot. So um, it's hard. But I know how to, like, really turn into gears uh, to, like, get really strict when, when, it's, when it's in crunch time. So, like, I would say this, this past um, HCC trials, I was definitely eating something, some things that I wasn't supposed to eat until the week of, and then the week of, I, I kind of like was really, uh, really on top of what I was eating and made sure that I like, I like to put like weight goals for each day between, um, like how much I want to lose during training and stuff like that. Like I kind of know my body is that, I guess, I guess that's what it is. I just know like how much I, I, I can lose from training and sleep and, and, uh, how much food I eat. So. Okay. Other shows won't ask you these questions, but I will, because this is the part that I relate to most. I can't relate to winning ADCC trials, so that's out the window. But what I can relate to is the snacking part. So when you say you're eating things that you're not supposed to, I need to know details. I need to know what exact foods are the ones that are tempting you. Like 
if you're looking at it and it's talking to you and it's like, hey man, you can eat me. It's totally cool. What are those foods that are speaking to you, sir? Candy. Candy, candy, candy. <laughs> gummy bears, gummy bears, like uh, Skittle gummies, all the, all those gummies. I, 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 they have a, they have a, they just have a place in my heart. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if, if you took an x-ray of my heart or whatever it is of my heart, a scan of my heart, it'll probably be a big gummy bear. <laughs> 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 I want to tell you this, and maybe I can absolve you of a little bit of your guilt. Mm -hmm. I have interviewed people for years, and especially MMA fighters, when they're cutting yeah. weight, and I've asked what they crave the most, they say gummy bears. And by and large, it is one of the highest things. And I, it, it baffles me because whenever I'm thinking, man, if I was fighting, what would be the thing I'd want? I'm thinking like steak or some chicken or like a pizza. And every one of them is like gummy bears. And I go, of all the foods, that's the one that's near and dear to your heart. So what is it about the addiction to gummy bears when you could have all those other foods? You could have pancakes. You could have all those other foods. Is it that maybe they have a little bit of protein value even on some of the bad stuff that you're eating for normal foods that those candies or those snacks are the ones that you're like, I hope Coach doesn't see this. <laughs> <laughs> so... uh I, I think the thing is, like, when I eat candy or, or, or gummy bears, I don't feel as guilty. Because, like, if I if I get pizza, if I say I order pizza to my house, I'm probably going to be I'm probably going to uh, be stingy and take the whole pizza for myself. And I know that's going to be heavy. So I, I try to stay out of that realm until after I have to compete and, and weigh in everything. So but but OK, so let me go to this steaks and, and chicken. I, I kind of like incorporate that with with my like meal plans that I, I use for the diets diets. Um, but like candy, I, I'll feel the guilt. Like I, I'm like, uh, uh. I know I'm not supposed to be having this, but I, I can have a little bit. So I get that little bit. And then if, if it, it pleasures me enough to where like, okay, I got this, I got this amount, but now I got to chill. I got to chill out. So like, I can't, I'm not going to eat too much of it as I would with pizza. It would be pizza. Um, like, cause I can't just eat one slice of pizza. It's just hard. Like, unless there's only one slice left, I can't just only eat one slice. <laughs> you are going to be the most practical grappler. I think I have met in some time because you looking over and be like, I would eat a whole pizza, but there is one slice left. So, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, yesterday guys, we got together, we watched the fights. We did a little broadcast and, um, when I'm on air, I can't really eat. And I do occasionally if we're on like for ADCC trials, I was hundred percent eating on air while watching you guys <laughs> and, and making comments cause it's a marathon. So I'm on for eight yeah, hours yeah. straight mm -hmm. yesterday. I get off air and they have a whole bunch of Domino's pizzas and it's not my number one, right? Yeah, yeah. But because I hadn't eaten all day, it's that kind of like, it's been out for an hour. It's questionable. There's no microwave. And I'm staring mm -hmm. at it and I'm like, is this good for me? Should I be eating this now? <laughs> and I'm asking this question after I've already down four slices. So I, I think I understand <laughs> where you're coming from in terms of the, oh, I'm just going to eat it because yeah, it yeah, can't yeah, go to waste. Sure, sure. Facts, facts. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've gotten that out of the way and we've discovered a little bit about you, <clears throat> I want to start getting into what does ADCC prep look like for you? When does like a camp set in? When are you starting to get like what you would consider training specific to that? So 
Well, so my line of tournaments since I started training, like uh, focusing on on ADCC was okay. So after after Gee Worlds, that's when I started, or it gave, I got like a week, and then I got right into to training at the Nogi for for ADCC and doing like the rule sets and everything. So since then, I've competed at Orlando Open, IBJJF Orlando Open, uh, Arizona the ADCC Open, Arizona Open. Um, and the Chicago Open, I competed at AJP the week after Chicago Open, and then ATC trial. So I would say the really, really, really specific specific uh, training happened about three weeks before ADCC trials, where it's like like right after the AJP because I was still in McGee. So we got like really down and deep into uh, into like the con- like not not condition. I mean, I, I think I was already conditioned. But the specific conditioning and, and specific mindset of how I want to approach the matches and everything for ADCC, that, like about three weeks, I would say. So, oh, okay. Well, I mean, hold on. I, I'm doing the math here. You're not wrong. It's not because you're inactive. Nobody's going to think that. It's just thinking that what you would consider camp is three weeks would sound crazy if you didn't take into consideration all the other tournaments and stuff that you're doing year-round. So mm-hmm. it, it is just a, a, a little bit of a switch. What in your mindset is the biggest switch? Because not everybody is doing both gi and no gi. So in your head, like, what is the switch that we're flipping when we say we're going like, all right, we're done with IBJJF. Now we're getting into a little bit more of our ADCC prep. Um, oh, let me, let me actually backtrack this. I would say, I would say the camp was probably four months. Let's just, let's just go with four months. Okay, okay. I, started, so- <laughs> I started training. I started training. I started training ADCC and like for the ADCC rules four months ago. So I'll, I'll say four months, but I won't, I won't, cause that sounds kind of, kind of like arrogant to say three weeks of camp is like, but I'll be honest um, with you. And I want to make sure you understand this. Mm-hmm. It may be that the intense version of it is without everything else. Maybe you've given up geese and all that sort of stuff because It'd be different if you weren't doing your gi training and you weren't competing at a very high level. But like, mm-hmm. there are a lot of practitioners for ADCC specifically who do not even get into a gi, like right. ever. So that's mm-hmm. their kind of bread and butter. But the fact that you're doing both means that you, you do kind of have to carve out time. So having yeah. said that, what do you think is that biggest switch that you're hitting when you are going from like, all right, cool, we're, we're going back to that IBJJF style now, or we're going to the ADCC style? Um, I would probably say, probably say, um, right after Chicago open, cause that's when I I realized that the clock was, the clock was ticking fast and, uh, for until, until the ADCC trials. Um, yeah. So that was that like, like about a month ago, a month ago that like the, the, the tables really like turned to, okay, now I got to. Everything I do from here is is for for the ADCC trials, like all the like the keep going out of bounds and everything like that, um, like trying to die for submissions, um, yeah, that type of stuff. Let's talk about that because that was a big sort of area for contention at this tournament. And mm-hmm. yesterday, I saw a text that you had. It was a little bit of a text chain between you and Coach. That mm-hmm. said, I shouldn't have to say anything, but if the match goes off the mats, we do not stop. And 
you mentioned something that I think was a very pertinent difference, but you said it's carpet this time, not concrete like Arizona. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. did something happen in Arizona? And if so, what? So in Arizona, I had, I think, five or six matches. Uh, this is my first ADCC Open, my first uh, tournament in an ADCC rule set. And then, um, so I, I was going, I did, I think I did pretty good going into the finals. And then in the finals, I fought Oliver Taza. Uh, I started off the match um, pretty good. I think I was rushing through my positions a little bit uh, when I didn't have to. And then hey, I ended up getting on my back. He dove for like a, a outside heel hook or something and then started rolling. I started defending, defending, defending. And then we got to like the out of bounds line. So the out of bounds line is like right here. And then this side is concrete. And I was like, concrete is really hard. And I'm not trying to roll over there because, yeah, that, that, that seems like crazy. So then I, I, I stopped rolling and then ended up conceding the match. Uh, ended up tapping, tapping to, the, to the foot lock, to the ankle lock, uh, to the heel hook. And, yeah, so I realized that after that that I shouldn't have stopped. And I kept getting teased about it. <laughs> and then, yeah, so. That's what. That's pretty much the the difference. And I was I making. Mean, I was making a little joke. I was making a little joke. Like, is, is this isn't car, this isn't concrete? Uh, to to match the boys. So yeah. I mean, I get that. Uh, you know, even on my side of competing, uh, there was a guy who, when they yelled stop at one point, he e Honda dove into me. Um, mm -hmm. We hit off the mats, and you know they reset the action. They're looking at me and like, you know, this is how you can tell you have an old person injury. Where I'm just like, I feel it like in my glute, in my hamstring. And the refs mm -hmm. looking at me like, hey, do you want to still continue? And I'm like, well, that didn't happen for nothing. So, yeah, we're going to keep <laughs> going. So, from that aspect, I would have killed for carpet. But uh, yeah, I will yeah. ask this because there is a little bit of a divide. Are you good with the action going off the mats? Because it is something that kind of divides us. It's almost a 50-50 split on where people stand on it. I'm not saying you won't go for it because it's within that weird vague element of the rule set. But where do you stand on taking the action off the mats? So obviously people, people that do like it is because, um, when, when you don't have that rule, people can use that to their advantage of like, Oh, I'm going to escape this way out of danger and stuff like that. And then you have the other people that's like, Oh, this is crazy dangerous. Like what if somebody hits their head on the, on the floor and, and get a concussion or worst case scenario I'm not even going to say that worst case scenario because i don't want that to happen so uh for me it's like i'm not using it to for for an escape route or anything uh so i mean if it i, I want i want to keep the i want to keep the match on the mats but i am also going to take advantage of the rules and use that to my advantage which i was able to do uh this past weekend so yeah that's i don't really have like a I have, i'm like both sides of it it's not really like oh I, I definitely love these rules or i only like the the keep everything in bounds rule because i mean it is in bounds so the things that are in bounds should count but i mean on the other side people do tend to um use that to, for their advantage in, to, in order to escape so it can go. I, I, I do like it going out of bounds a little bit. So I guess that. if that makes sense. 
<laughs> it does. And I mean, you know, here's the good news. Nobody's, uh, nobody's going to come up to you and, and put you in jail for any of these thoughts. So <laughs> it's more of a preference we're trying to get here because, yeah, yeah. you know, I showed this to somebody who is a D1 wrestler and I was mm -hmm. showing him action. And I have to say all the culprits who did this are friends of the show. So literally mm -hmm. the worst offenders of this rule were as I was talking to people and I was like, Hey, this is kind of like tacky. I think this is kind of, Oh, is it Cody? Let him cook. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden my Bobby, uh, Bobby Winther is doing it too. My buddy Bobby's doing it. And I go, <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. Let him do it. It's fine. So I find myself in a particularly weird, uh, middle ground, mm -hmm. but what I did find is I actually think, and I could be wrong here. I'll have to go back and check the tape, but I want to say one of our on-site correspondents for our fight companion happened to catch the footage of Taza and you going off the mats. Oh, and really? <laughs> yeah. And I want to say at some point I was like, Oh, well, the one thing I hate as an audience member is I don't see what happens. The cameras don't move with the action. So yeah, legitimately, yeah. there's a whole bunch of action where we're just like, did the match end? Where are they? What's happening? Who, who did anything? And so <laughs> we're all looking at each other wondering what the hell is, is going on during these matches. So, uh, yeah, as you bum rushed him almost into the Bio Pro Plus uh, <laughs> arena, I would say, it, it yeah, definitely yeah. made us laugh a, a lot. But I'm glad to hear <laughs> no injuries or anything like that, right? Right, right. Yeah, good, nothing, good. Nothing from that. Nothing from that. <laughs> so what I would like to do is I would like to ask, uh, you know, going into the day before or day of ADCC, what is that competition mindset and what is it feeling like for you? You know, you put in all that work, you put in the prep, you obviously got some reps in at the ADCC open in Chicago. And now it's starting to be a real thing where I'm sure your competitive success in, in previous tournaments has helped to make you feel like comfortable but this is a different beast, and you mentioned it was your first time doing the ADCC rule set, but you could have fooled the rest of us because you looked very comfortable and very good in your matches there. But I'd like to know, what did the rule set and, and the vibe and the atmosphere feel like going into the tournament that day? So you said the day before, right? Yep. Okay, so... Okay, let me let me start like like a couple of days before because a couple of days before was crazy. Like, I could not sleep. Literally. Like, I will go to, like, because uh, training will be from 8.30 to 10.30, uh, where I do the Nogi, the Nogi ADCC uh, training. It'll be from 8.30 to 10.30 at night. I get home probably around 12, because, you know, linger around sometimes, wait wait for everybody to go home and stuff like that. And then I get home, get, get home at, like, 12, maybe 11.30. Then I take a shower, all that type of stuff. And then I get in bed about, like, 12, 12.30, uh, depending on the day. And one, I remember one day specific, I didn't go to sleep sleep until about 2 30 and next thing you know i'm like in my dream i'm like literally rolling out of a bunch of heel hooks like a like a battle royale of everybody coming after me trying to heel hook me over and over again and literally i'm just like rolling in my sleep and i wake up i catch myself on my stomach and i'm like why am i rolling around and this from the dream so then I stayed up until 7.30, I think, that day, uh, that morning. I went back to sleep, and then uh, I woke up at 9. And, like, I'm over here, like, what the heck is going on? Like, I get, I guess it's, I guess it's anxiety or, like, uh, I guess that dream had me, had me ready for this tournament, I guess, because 
I didn't get hill hooked, uh, thank God. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. Well, I'm not a, a licensed uh, therapist or, or psychologist here, but it does sound like your body was being like, yo, you think you're sleeping? No, we're drilling, fam. Like, <laughs> you don't get to go to Literally. sleep. We got to be drilling because we don't want to get this. And it's possible that because there was a little bit of you getting caught off the mats before that you know it's mm-hmm. a possibility that you got to be ready to stop, drop, and roll to get out of that heel hook. So right, right. I, I think in your own way, as you, like many other athletes, look at all the possibilities and all the things, you want to be as prepared as possible. But maybe, and just maybe because your sleep got a little rocky, the part mm-hmm. where you're supposed to go into deep and REM sleep turned yeah. into, oh, we're still drilling because you want to be productive while you're still up. And it started mm-hmm. to bleed together. So that the moments where you were starting to go, your brain was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm still doing some math here. I'm still figuring out what happens if this happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much, pretty much a sum of it. And then you said the day before, right? So the day before was that Friday? Um, we drove up, we drove up me, my brother, my teammate Q and, and Angelo, the truck, he also competed. And he also competed. He was in the uh, 88 kilo division. Um, we drove up on Friday, got up there about seven-ish. And um, I, I kind of had like a pretty pretty lax mind uh, going up there. I was more concerned about my weight because just because, uh, I mean, I wasn't really concerned, but I was like, I wonder how much I weigh because I know I weighed like pretty light the morning of. But then I was eating, and then I didn't check my weight until I checked in. Up, I actually weighed in, so that's the main thing that was on my mind. But other than that, I try to keep a lax mind, try to have like regular conversation with 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 my boys, and um, yeah, I didn't really try to think about it too much because I was just like, I'm gonna just go in here, and what happens happens, and I'm gonna just do my best and and see how it goes. So, um, I had a good night's sleep. I didn't, I didn't stay up too late, uh, knowing that I had to get up really early, early in the morning. So, um, yeah, I didn't go to, I didn't go to sleep too late. I didn't have any like anxiety, uh, going to sleep or anything. I didn't roll over. Actually, I think I did smack Angelo while I was asleep, but that's besides the point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, uh, other than that, I didn't have like any crazy anxiety or anything. Uh, Hugh and Corey, they didn't compete, but they were like really good corner like in my in my corner and everything uh and they were playing they were playing 2k 2k that night um so like i was i was amused while i was going to sleep i didn't like they they helped with me being um entertained uh instead of being thinking of getting in my own head and being anxious so i think i was pretty pretty lax which 2k were they playing 2k they were playing 2k 23 i haven't gotten 2k 24 yet um uh nba nba Thank you. Thank you. I had a fear. Yeah. I was like, wait, 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 which one are we playing? Because I mean, I know a few 2Ks. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, okay. But having said that, is it tempting for you to want to get in a game or are you still on the side and being like, I can't, I can't cross the streams here. I got to just be in my own lane. I'm, so, so Q and Corey, they have the funniest, the funniest, the funniest, like back and forth in, in uh, competition, any game. Like yesterday we were playing connect for and they're just going back and forth back and forth it's hilarious it's like it, it could be a tv show literally so 
I'm I don't even be I don't be worried about like playing all the time. I just I just be ready to to watch them go back and forth talking trash to each other and it's it's so funny. So yeah. Okay, okay. So the video games maybe you're not getting as involved with uh tournament time, the off time. Are you still kind of a, a viewer of what they're doing? Or or are you a participant? Because part of me is thinking I'm like, if you are saying what you're saying right now, it's almost like you don't mm-hmm. want to interrupt a good thing and you want to have the ability to laugh at them from the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I rather I'd rather view. I'd rather view them. Like if, if all of us are together, I'd rather view them, watch them play. I'll you know, I'll beat them real quick if I want to, but I mean, <laughs> but other than that, I don't I'm not like a huge to- uh, trash talker. Like I'll, I'll say like some slick stuff about uh like things. I'll say some slick stuff like uh Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan he he's known for known for um like saying like little slick things of trash talking. But other than that, I'm I'm not like a huge trash talker. I'll I'll, I'll get in their face like sometimes, but other than that, they go back and forth. I get like two two dogs in the wild just going back and forth at each other. It's hilarious. I'm glad that you're able to separate your version of, of high competition to being like, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time here. Like <laughs> I know where I want to be highly competitive because some athletes and they sound like those type of athletes, they don't stop. Like everything is highly competitive. If one thing's competitive, mm-hmm. it's all competitive. And so yeah, yeah. those are the people that I'm like, my wife likes to say this with me. She goes, you're only competitive with 10 people. Like everybody else, you're a pretty good sport. You're like, ah, you got me. Or, oh man, I won. Whatever. No big deal. She goes, but if it's one of those 10 people that beats you, you're like, set it up again. Yeah. yeah. And that, so, that's how I am too. That, I, I'm, I'm like that. I like, sometimes, sometimes I'll try to keep myself out of, out of the games just so I won't be like that. Cause I'll get really, <laughs> really, really heated. If I lose, like literally this morning, <laughs> literally this morning, I was playing my cousin in Madden. Like he's like, set it up, send me the invite. I'm like, okay, bro. So then we play, and <laughs> he wins. He wins, and then he calls me as I'm getting ready for church. And he's like, why are you mad? I'm like, I'm not mad, <laughs> but I literally, I'm probably like fuming inside. <laughs> but I, I hate to lose so much. Uh, well, here's the good news: if he sees this, he'll probably see it. Uh, way after the fact so he won't know he may not remember which game it is but if he's yeah, highly yeah, competitive exactly. he's gonna be like i know when you went to church and we played i know exactly the date i know exactly that time thank you he's for gonna, giving he's me gonna that remember. Time. he's gonna remember because he doesn't beat me that much i hope you see this too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's one of the few wins he gets <laughs> hey hey listen uh i would if i was him i i would hold that very highly i i definitely you know even yesterday <clears throat> me and the guys we were talking so there's a dude who's like 12 years younger than me owns the gym and mm-hmm. he has every statistical advantage over me and on mm-hmm. air he's like i just want to tell everybody i beat raf's ass in, in grappling <laughs> the other day and i was like you know points wise yeah you did but i was like you didn't sub me at all i was like you had every great position but you couldn't put me away and i'm like and mm-hmm. you're younger than me stronger than me and better at this than me how are you not beating me like, if you're going to tell people, at least tell them what you're doing. And he's like, dude, I was beating you positionally. I was like, no, you know what you did? You have the kind of grappling where you hold down somebody and wait for the authorities to come like you're at a 7-Eleven holding a, a hostage. It was like, you fought MMA and this is your biggest achievement is beating me. And so everybody's just watching us yell at each other. And we're just yeah, yeah, yeah. short of it. 
and somebody was going to chime in and they're like, hey, yeah, uh, I think Raph might suck. And he's like, don't say anything about Raph. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I go, oh, okay, yeah, we're always friends to each other. It's like, no, 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 only I can talk trash to him. You guys, you guys, <laughs> you guys are not allowed. So uh, we definitely all have those friends. Yeah, yeah. I want to go through your days of competition. So we're going to start off the very first round, the round of, I believe it was uh, 256, you had a buy. So you were in the round of 128 to begin, correct? Right, correct. Okay, great. So what do you remember about your first match and what stuck out to you? Because all things considered, you ended up getting a, a very high point differentium. I believe you started 9-0 on your very first match. Yeah, so um, leading up to the match, I had I did a pretty good warm up, got my blood flowing, sweating a little bit. Uh, I, I I'm, a, I'm a bracket looker, so I look I like to look at the bracket before I compete. Some people don't because they don't want to like really think about the uh, the person that they're fighting. They want to worry about themselves. I do that, and I will look at the brackets. So um, looking at the bracket, I looked up the guy, uh, Jaden Jaden Groner, I think his name was. Um, I seen what team what team he was from, and I knew that he was young. So usually, when I see people uh, from that school from from tenth planet that are young, I'm like, okay, they're pretty good. So, um, but I also know that they they're heavy leg lockers. So I know going into the match that, and I watched his I watched also his his first round fight, and I seen how how fast. Uh, I seen some tendencies. Let's just go with that. I seen some tendencies, <laughs> so I, I look to exploit those tendencies. I don't want to give a whole scouting report because <laughs> he still has a fight. So, <laughs> sure, sure, and I, I get that. I would say this though: to start off that day, it feels pretty good to uh, do that. But then you go into your second match, and you've already got a submission win coming up here. Do you mind telling us how you were able to get that submission in your second match? Um, so he, the guy ended up, um, going for a takedown. I was looking to get a, a, a guillotine as he was taking me down, but I didn't get it. I couldn't get, uh, couldn't get my grip. So then I, I, ever since I was a kid, I liked playing in clothes guard. So I felt really comfortable in my clothes guard. I ended up going for like a wrist lock that a lot of people didn't know that I had, but I, I did have a wrist lock. And then he ended up, um, I ended up sweeping him over to mount. But I also got over his arm. So then my favorite submission is the triangle. So I, after after I, I felt I had one arm in and one arm out, I was like, I know what I'm going for and I'm going to get it. So I ended up getting finished in the triangle. Nicely done, sir. That was a very, very good uh, beginning. So now we get to the round of 64. Uh, are we cutting it at this point or is that the end of day one? I'm a little confused on my days. Um. Round of sixty four was was the triangle, and then that was that was that's the end of day one. So you're ending day one with a triangle. I'm sure that's got to make you feel hype because now you get to rest up. Are you able to sleep this night? Because you mentioned it wasn't as bad the day before, but right. I feel like when you're coming in from adrenaline, everybody's all over the place. Your team's probably all over the place. Are you able to kind of hone that in and, and dial it in and be like, all right, now we're back on schedule and now I'm able to get my sleep in? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going I'm to be honest. Every, like, maybe it was just a hotel room that, or the hotel that we were in, but I had really good sleep both nights. Um, the second night, uh, the second night, um, or the second day, or the, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The first day of competition, 
my coach, um, Master Donnie, one of my coaches, he, him and uh, one of the, one of our teenagers, his name is Carlique, uh, they were, they were here and they were coaching in my corner as well. They couldn't make it a day two, but they're there on day one. And, um, they're really funny as well. So they're really good company to have around and they make everything light. Like, uh, so I'm not like stressing everything. Just, them, just being, just them being around is, is good. So, um, after, after the day one, I was really hyped for the, for the submission. I was like, uh, texting Master Lloyd, like, or I was on the phone with Master Lloyd. I was like, I got, I finally got a submission. Like I finally got, a submission. <laughs> I haven't got one submission in, in ADCC opens, like not in, not in uh, Arizona or Chicago. I didn't get not one uh, submission. So I finally got my loan submission. And um, yeah, I was really hyped for that. And then after that, we just, we were just um, chilling. We, we, we went to get something, some food. And then we came back in a hotel room. And like I said, Q and Carly, them two together as well, they're hilarious. They were like fighting in the room. And I was just dying laughing the whole time. And uh they they made everything light and and I had a good night's sleep after that as well. So I was I was just I I made, I made sure to go to sleep pretty early because I knew I had to be up even earlier for the next day. So I, I went to sleep without any without any stress or any anxiety and I felt good. Good for you, man. I'm glad that's able to adjust because uh, I know sometimes it's a hard thing to break. And people talk about anxiety like it's fear all the time, and it's not necessarily fear all the time. It's excitement to perform. And so when that happens, there's no way necessarily to turn it off that happens for everybody and it works the same for everybody. Everybody's got to do it in a different manner. It sounds like your team, your guys have Mm -hmm. to be so good at at helping you level out and make sure you're mellow and make sure you're steady. So uh, that's got to be a big, big support system. So shout out to them for making sure sure. that you feel good on that. Let's go to day two, sir, because that day two – uh, from all of us on our side, it's mm-hmm. hectic, it's insane, <laughs> and there is some perspective I have from my side that I would love to give to you in a moment, but let's start with what you were feeling uh, going into your first match on day number two. Yeah, so I, I after after day one was concluded, I, I already, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm a bracket looker, so I looked at the bracket, seeing, seeing who, I was, uh, who I was potentially going to, or who I was going to fight. In, in my in my first matches of day two, so after seeing that, um, I fought the guy before in the gi. I never fought him in nogi, but I fought him in the gi. So I kind of like knew a little bit of his game. Uh, I looked at his matches from before and, and seen what he liked to do. He's a really uh, really really scrappy guy, um, and I ended up getting a what three? I think three to zero, yep. three to zero win over him. But he's yep. a he's a really, he's a really good 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 opponent though. That's awesome. And all right, here's what I'm going to tell you where I come into things. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned earlier, Bobby Winther is a friend. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> I have to be great. honest here because I don't know if I root for him or against him. Now here's why. Because when I roll with him, I have a very hard time, and. Mm-hmm. He's very nice. He came up to do an interview with me. He's one of my boys. And so you immediately have that moment. Where it becomes difficult for me is, is that I go, am I really rooting for him? Because he can beat the shit out of me. So (laughs) it is kind of nice when I see somebody like you 
who is way more better at, 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 at taking a lot of advantage of what he can do that I was just like, ah, I don't know you that well, but ah, he's my boy. So legitimately, I think you see me on air when I was going over it being like, yeah, good for him. It's about time somebody beat him up because I can't. And, uh, you know, I, I love giving him, him mess, but uh, he's definitely a very good friend. And that was a great match, man. I, I have to give it to you. Both of you guys, uh, exceptional at what you do, and you were able to get the edge. Tell me about your recollection from that fight. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so, hmm. well, let me start to think. I, from the gate, from the gate, I, I knew it was going to be a tough match. Just, like, um, seeing his movement, feeling him, feeling him uh, gripping and everything like that. Uh, knew Felt that he was he was like more of a stand up or, or top player, not not more of a I'm a pull guard without grips guy. So I knew it was gonna be a fun match. Um, so we ended up like I'm sure people have seen videos on Instagram of us in like a mosh pit on the on the carpet <laughs> with him almost taking my back and then almost arm arming me, but the time ran out. Um, I don't even know what to say about that match. That match was just crazy. <laughs> it was de he definitely super hard to score on, super hard to submit. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say. But yeah, he's he's super tough, super tough. It's all good, man. I've I've considered him a friend, and I rolled very hard with him, and it <laughs> did not always go great for me. But <clears throat> I do like this though, because <clears throat> I saw on one of the the posts that you were putting up about going off the mats. Mm -hmm. He, of course, chimes in is like, hey, man, that's all good. It's what makes it exciting. Like, there's something irrepressible about how he is as a competitor, but then mm -hmm. equally nice off the mats. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I have yeah, a lot of respect for how he treats people, and it's very much the same to me off the air. So it, it's something where I tell people this. I'm like, yo, I'm not in charge of how this goes. There are too many friends that we have on this show who are all competing against each other. So I just sit back and watch and make jokes and do my thing. But how you guys go out and do it, it's awesome. And you guys were able to put up some very exciting action. I will say this, though. We put up a poll, a very unscientific poll, on our uh, Instagram. And we said, how do you guys feel about going off the mats? And Bobby voted, no, it's okay. And I go, you don't get the vote. We're talking about you. <laughs> like, you don't get a say in this because... I already know how you're going to vote. You're the guy. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, cool. So <laughs> but yeah, after, I, the match, after the match, he was, he was super, super, super nice. I can't say anything bad about him. He, he was really, really nice after the match, but yeah, he's I, a really good person. I wanted to say I saw like, cause on the camera, you don't see a ton. You're very limited to like a static shot where it doesn't move. But I yeah. think I saw a little bit of you guys interacting on that. And I just thought, oh, that's so cool. Like, He's such a sweetheart. That's so great that you guys were able to have a quick little moment that we saw. So right. I just wanted to, to say that. But I had to be full disclosure. So whenever that happens, I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to disclose. This is all <laughs> our, our financial ties and our friends. So uh, you were able to get past him. Now, I want to say that things, if they can be believed, start to get even crazier because now we're getting to that, you know, you, you've gotten past the 16. Now we're getting to what quarters at this point, right? Right. Okay. Once we get to quarters, uh, you're able to get past with a five zero score this round. 
what do you remember from that quarterfinal match? Um, so I actually know, like, watched the guy, uh, Cade. I actually see, I'm not going to call him the guy, but I've actually seen Cade fight. I've, I've watched some, some, some stuff on him. Not, not even like when I knew that I was fighting him, just I seen that he won Brown Ball Worlds in Ivy DDS uh, against um, one of my, one of my uh, good friends, Kurt. Um, I seen that he won one against him, and um, yeah, I, I seen I seen how he played the played jujitsu his his game, and I seen that he was really tough. So I was I, as soon as I seen that he that I was fighting him in the quarters, I was like, okay, this is gonna this is gonna be a good fight. This is gonna be a good fight. Um, and I went out. Uh, I, I watched his matches before, so I got let me say tendencies. I seen tendencies. So I was, I was, I, I mentally prepared for the tendencies and, and read the rest is history. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I like that you refer to these things as tendencies, uh, because it tells me how much, I don't even know if you're tape, tape studying. I think you're assessing what you're, you're feeling in the room. Like, I'm pretty sure when you saw Bobby, you look over at him and go, I guess we're going off the mats. Like, that's not even a question. <laughs> it's just what's going to happen when you see these things, you think to yourself, all right they tend to do this or they tend to do that. That's informing my opinion of that. So it does show a very good real time, uh, grappler of being able to make adjustments to where that fits into your game and how you're going to exploit it. So, uh, kudos to you for being able to make all of those adjustments. And yet still, I feel like these performances back to back now are where if people didn't know who you were before, they definitely came away with some perspective because the next two wins were so impressive and, and so like wonderfully calculated that I was watching it. And I just thought to myself, I was like, yo, this momentum is strong. Like this momentum is going to carry you through. And I started to get the sense. I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know how this is going to go. So you had me on the edge of my seat, watch it at home. And I have to tell you this, the match with you and Taza was a barn burner as well. So what are your recollections yeah. from that match? Because as you mentioned, you had previously seen him in competition before. Right. So I would say leading up to that match, I had like every other, every athlete at some point has are some doubts, especially coming off a loss the last time that we fought. Um, but I was able to like isolate myself and, and kind of get myself together Think of think of the positive things that came from that match, and and just stick to the game plan that that I was given from from my coaches, uh, and it turned out to to come away with with a three three zero victory. And I think those dreams that I mentioned before they they really helped <laughs> about the about the rolling the, rolling out of the hill hooks because I know Taz is really good at at, at catching hill hooks so. I'll tell you this right now. If I could figure out a way to coach my kids to dream this sort of stuff, I will figure it out and I will make them do it. I'm going to be like, look how it worked for Elijah. I mean, if we can make that work for him, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to be in your dreams telling you how we escape this now. So uh, yeah. don't think you get rest from me, guys. Now I'm going to find a way to Freddy Krueger my way into being like, yo, have you been drilling yet? You guys get that? We got to work that this, escape. I, I think this dream also stems from, I forgot to mention before that, so during our um our, our camp, um, Master Lou will have have like a Shark Tank. So like 
the the ACC, whoever is doing the ACC, they'll, they'll uh, like take turn being in the middle on their back, and and we just have like a group of people uh, after thirty seconds, thirty seconds, thirty seconds, thirty seconds, just attacking us, going for a straight uh, straight heel hooks and, and foot locks and submissions and stuff like that. So get just getting our our mind in the not letting things happen in, in defense and stuff like that and, and like at a fast pace, I think that also contributed to, to my dreams of, of me getting bombarded by a whole battle royale of people trying to heal me. <laughs> <laughs> just, man, it's I love that the amount of pressure I see you put on yourself in your dreams as well. I, I think that is <laughs> that is quite epic to be like, well, this is where I rest. Nope, just kidding. <laughs> Even we're Shark Tank, there is no rest here, so... Uh, that does prove well for when you're under duress. Now, when we get to the finals, here's my thought mm-hmm. process. You see Nikki, and you kind of get the assumption he might be one of those people that would just get a, an invite outright. So mm-hmm. you're not quite sure why he's doing this. Uh, maybe it's just to get his feet wet. Maybe he's told, I'm not going to get an invite. But you're thinking to yourself, he's having a very good run. And then you come in, and you have an equally as good run. And your momentum overtakes his in such a way that you were making him look tired. You were making him look exhausted. And I was just wondering, like, the pace you must be able to put on people must be so overwhelming that there is something to those dreams where you feel like you're you're being bombarded. Because now I'm starting to look back at that match with new perspective and context and realizing, like, oh, that's why Nikki looks so tired. Like... (laughs) If you look at that match and you were taking him to that point, I just want to make sure you're, one, giving you respect for that. And two, now that I've said those things, again, let's get the perspective of what you were thinking and what you were feeling during that match. Uh, During the match or before the match? Well, if you want to talk before the match, I'll take that too. Uh, so before the match, uh, after after the semifinals were done, we went down to like the lobby area or the cafe area, and then we came back up when the or I actually sat like in a certain part of the hotel and it was just like thinking, thinking about uh, everything, like taking everything in for the, like in the moment and just getting myself ready, uh, like breathing, breathing techniques to, to make sure my heart wasn't beating out of my chest. Um, <laughs> and then uh, when we went upstairs and the finals were going on, I did my warm ups and everything. And then, um, I got text text about about the game plan that that um I should I should focus on for for this fight and I don't really think there was a point of me saying before the fight but anyways <laughs> but uh, it's all good I don't know I don't even know what I'm saying I'm just saying it. um what else am I about to say well I was asking you for your recollection of the match because if you did want to say something going about the match beforehand I think you might have been trying to give some context as to why you were feeling that way. So if you were able to keep your breath calm and, and get there, it does give us a, a little bit of insight into how your competitive mindset was before going into a match with somebody who, as I mentioned earlier, had a lot of momentum going in and has mm-hmm. a big name. And yeah. when you're able to calm all those things, it's like you're able to zero out all of those factors. And that's how you beat those people. You just mm-hmm. basically, you don't let that intimidate you. You use it as extra fuel. So that might have been, if I'm guessing, uh, what you were trying to give as perspective as to how you were able to stay so calm and then go into a match that has a lot of implications to it. Yes, 
Let's go with that. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and then also, like you said, uh, adding extra fuel. I just I was watching because um, Nikki had fought had fought my teammate Jamil that I mentioned before. He fought him at the 2019 ADCC World Championship. So I watched that match. I watched what I could of that match because the Wi-Fi was so bad in the, in the hotel for some reason. I just like skipped through, watched like the positioning of of the fights and everything. And I was just like, I want to win this match because my teammate lost this match. So um, after that, after, when when it got when it got to like the I think girl the last girls finals, I think I watched that. No, no, yeah, the second the second to last uh, girls. No, no, it was the last girls finals. The last girls finals. I went out there. And then the lady, she came to me and, and told me to go over to where uh, the people on deck were going in order to walk out and everything. And then we watched the 88 kilos. I'm warming up, you know, like uh, getting my getting my uh, muscles loose and everything, stretching. Uh, and then they played this song. They play this song. I'm like really into Latino music, and um, they play this song and. I'm like feeling myself. I'm like, oh snap, I like this. So then uh, that just like bring my blood pressure down even more. Like, so my heartbeat even more like, like relaxes me. And um, yeah, then I get called up. I'm, I'm just jumping around, getting loose, getting loose. And then I walk out. I make sure to walk out to, to what I walked out to because when I was younger, I, uh, I also had the nickname the Terminator, so I I, I like the Terminator, and I, I decided to come out to that. So I, I was like actually like really feeling myself. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is gonna be cool if I walk up to this. So then I did, and going into the match, I just felt like I'm on a mission. So I'm just, I'm just gonna go go forward and accomplish this mission. There wasn't I wasn't like overthinking anything. I I, I knew the game plan. I stuck to the game plan, and we just had one thing on my mind. I was like, I just, I'm, I'm fighting seven matches and I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I, Cause I, I do not want to go and five or what, six months and do this all over again. Like I, I want to do this now. I want to get this finished with now. I want to punch my ticket now. So that's, that's pretty much my mindset behind everything. Before You're that, not trying I, to get suplexed on carpet again. You're not trying to get body slammed off of that (laughs) into a chair you're good dude that's how you know you're like this is foolish i just want to go to the actual competition now let's go so okay i I see how that's going in your head i would be uh not a great interviewer if i didn't ask what's the song that you were hearing because you walked out to the terminator that's cool but what was the song as a as a brown person i'm trying to be like what are are we talking are we talking brown bunny or bad bunny or are we talking like some was, kind of reggaeton, like what are we hearing here, there, sir? <laughs> it was it was Pepas. Pepas. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, they played that. I, my, it kind of, I, I, in my head, in my head, it, it, I was like, uh, El Monstro was about to fight, so they played Pepas like during like the little intermission of the commercial break or whatever. And I'm like, oh snap, El Monstro's about to fight, and they just played Pepas. So I'm like, oh, that goes hand in hand, you know. So, um, but I was like. I'm feeling this too. <laughs> like, I, like literally, I was telling, I was telling um, my brother and Q and Angela, I was like, the millisecond the song started, 
I was like, I know what this song is because I've listened <laughs> to this song so many times. That's awesome. Yeah, my uh, my wife actually just caught a, a Netflix series. I think it's called Neon, and mm. it's uh, about a reggaeton uh, artist, and it's a comedy. It's very very funny. I very much enjoy it. But she looked at me and she goes, "I'm loving the music in between the scenes that they're playing." Mm-hmm. And I just immediately had this regret that I was like, man, I didn't take you to enough like brown people parties. I should have been taking you there the whole time. Like you would have been so lit, like so happy seeing that. Now that we're old, I'm like, ah, we're just going to live through this. And yeah, it's a really good one. So uh, I definitely recommend that. Well, that's great. Um, What do you think that you were able to do to Nikki to get him that exhausted? Because we talked a lot about mentality and, and moves and all that sort of stuff, but Nikki looked so good and it really wasn't until he had a match with you that I thought like, man, he actually looks tired. Like he had matches that were, I guess, by all considerations rough, but he looked pretty good throughout them. There was something different about your match that you had with him. Mm -hmm. Um, So ever since I was a kid, I I like pressure passing. So just like making people feel my weight using, using good positioning, um, making people use my, because nobody wants to, for twelve, for eight or twelve minutes in this case, to hold somebody that's one hundred seventy plus or one hundred seventy pounds, I'm going to say that because I mean it was day before weighing, so I mean I, of course I'm going to weigh more, but um, one hundred seventy pounds. Nobody wants to hold, or, or let me just say this: their body weight. Nobody wants to hold their body weight for eight mat eight eight minutes. So that's just what I did. So I mean I always like. I'm just going to keep going, keep going, keep going until, until you break or until, um, I find an opportunity to exploit, exploit, uh, exploit the window that you left for me open. So, um, I just kept doing that, uh, make sure to close his window, the opportunity for, for attacks. And when, when a door opened for me to, to do the last takedown and, and overtime, I took that opportunity. So let me ask this. All said and done, they announced you as the winner. What did that win mean to you? Uh, so, I'm going to be honest. A part of me, like like I said before, everybody has their doubts. Like I was like, yeah, I'm going to just go in here and see what happens and everything like that. Not like 100% expecting to win because like, I am new to, new to this. So, um, But just to like know like the the how 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 much I put into these four months how much how much I put into it I was just like dang this like really just paid paid off like this like I'm I'm actually going to Vegas to to ADCC Worlds and I'm gonna be one of sixteen people in my weight class to get the opportunity to win and be be crowned champion so um like I was really hyped, like knowing, like after after the match when they called time, I, I knew that I did enough to win. So I was like really hyped. And then when I just got my hand raised, I was like, yeah, this is like stamped it. Like I'm actually going. Like all of this hard work paid off. Me turning, me flipping around a hundred times in my sleep, <laughs> and getting no sleep at night just like paid off. So, um, yeah, it was just like. I didn't even know I was going to cry. Like I've always been like a crier. I've always like teared up and stuff like that when I was a kid and even now. Um, and then I got my hand raised and I was like, 
<laughs> I just like felt everything just just like bear on me like this just happened and yeah. I crazy. think when we were watching it from our perspective, we saw it hit you. And I mm-hmm. think I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, I get the idea of taking the very stoic way and acting like you've been there before. But as a guy who actually produces TV, that doesn't do anything for me. Like, I can't communicate that to people and be like, look at our sport. Look how great this is. You know, right. this is, there's, there's a mix. I want people to have the ability to not oversell it. But if it's a real emotion that you're feeling, we saw it hit you. And I was like, damn. Yeah, that's when it got real to me where I go, yeah, you, you feel what that means. Like, you, you could understand what you had gone through without knowing your story. Now we know a little bit more of it, having talked it out for a little bit. But at the time, I just got that sense of like, I don't know everything about you, but I know what it meant. And so being able to kind of reconcile those two things very much helps from the perspective of, oh, that's why this means this, or that's why this happened, or this happened. So uh, bringing that context makes it full circle, and in my opinion, way more relatable. So... I'm very glad that you were able to, uh, to to do that. I know we're going a little bit over time. Do you mind if I ask a, a couple more questions before we close out here, sir? Because it's really important to me that we always do an origin story episode. So this is the first time you've ever been on the show. So I always like mm-hmm. to know, where is your first experience doing jiu-jitsu? Do you remember your first class? And if so, what do you remember about it? Because I know you started very young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I first started martial arts when I was six in summer camp at, at Lloyd Irvin. And um, I was a little ninja. Uh, little ninjas are pretty much like everyone six and under. Um, my brother, he was considered the big one of the big kids. That's what we just called them, uh, <laughs> which is seven and up. So in summer camp, we got separated. He was like upstairs. And then I was like on the first floor downstairs. And we had like our little area for the little ninjas. And just like, off the gate, it was like really fun. So um, that's how I got introduced to martial arts, doing that. And then when I, uh, as you like progress in the program, um, you get to you get promoted to what's called the Masters Club program, where where it's like more advanced kids, more um, advanced techniques that you are learning and everything, and you get introduced more to jujitsu. So. At this point, I get introduced to jujitsu. I like it. I'm doing pretty good for, pretty good at it, in, in, in the classes and everything. And I go to my turn. I go to tournaments, and I I'm winning. And I'm just like, okay, I really like this. So I want to continue doing this. Um, I come from like playing like ba- baseball and football and basketball. So I always have like others. I, I did play other sports um, growing up. Even in middle school, I played baseball and basketball. High school, I ran track. I stopped playing football when I was eight. But the one thing you should know about me is that football is my favorite sport. Like, if you if you keep seeing my eyes looking this way, it's because I'm literally watching my team. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I hear it. I 100% have very good ears. And so there's a, there's a flag, I'm pretty sure, that got put down. And I was like... <laughs> I hear this young man is, is he's, he's listening. It's okay. Listen, it's not appearing on my broadcast, so I don't really mind. But like uh, for a split second, I was wondering, I was like, is that on my end? Do I have the game on? And I was like, no, no I'm in my room. I don't have a TV for football, but that's okay. So yeah. wait, let me get this straight. 
push come to shove, if we're like, hey, you're going to ADCC or you're going to the Super Bowl, I think we know where you're going then. If I had to play in it? Mm-hmm. Or do, like if I'm like just going to watch it? Let's start with watch, because I think the play is too easy. So if we had tickets to the <laughs> Super Bowl or competing at ADCC, where are you going? I'm be honest. Hmm, that's a really hard choice. You put me on a spot. <laughs> you put me on a spot. Okay, so if it's my team, if it's my team, the Washington now Commanders, if they're in the Super Bowl, that's a really if. That's a big if. Um, I'm going. I'm going to the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ABCC. But other than that, I mean, I do really enjoy watching watching Jiu-Jitsu, So. I, I think that'll be a really hard choice to make. I don't know if I can make that choice right now, but I mean, I if I had to choose one right now, it'll probably be the Super Bowl. Here's the good news: they're not going, so you're you're gonna be okay <laughs> for a little bit, my man. <laughs> don't do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't do anything, my friend. It is their oh, scores man. and it is their record. I I do nothing other than yeah, just yeah. say some things. I'm just saying this, which is it's a good reason why we have ADCC in August. It's very far away. So yeah, yeah, yeah. at most you're missing a pregame, uh, but I, I think <laughs> right. you'll be okay uh, for for missing that. I'm just saying in the future. I just love when people always tell us they're like, "Yeah, dude, I love jujitsu. Nothing bigger than it in my life." However, I do love other sports and I do love mm-hmm. it more. So I always have to take a moment to be like, "I understand why." What I think we have to do is I think we have to continue building and building and building so that we make it uh, a little bit better. And the presentation isn't fully there but it's getting there so we're, we're starting yeah, yeah. to make efforts yeah, into that sort of a thing what i would ask is this so what is the first move that you remember getting i'm going to take a big guess here and i'm gonna say is it a triangle because you mentioned such love for the fact that you got a triangle i'm wondering if that extends all the way to when you were a kid or was it another move i would probably say that my first move that i learned i'm i'm i'd don't remember exactly, but I would say it was a, it's a bump sweep, like okay. a closed guard bump sweep. Okay. Because okay. We, we usually start like with the basics and then start expanding the branches out more. So I would probably say bump sweep is the first thing I learned. That's very good. And that's a very useful uh, sort of a thing. I have now mm-hmm. gotten to the point where my bump sweep as an old person does not work as well. So, you know, like I have to use fake outs from it. And some of the guys who I trained with for a very long time, they're like, he's not going to get this week. And I just have to transition to something else. I literally have to do everything but a bump sweep when I'm committing to it. And they already know it. I know it. And I just go, it's not going to happen, but just be prepared for this. I always like to ask this with people because in my opinion, there has to be a compelling reason that keeps you from all those other sports. And you look like a great athlete. You probably could have excelled at any number of different sports. But when did you actually fall in love with jiu-jitsu? And not just in a way where, yeah, I'm going to do this as a hobby, but thinking about what you do it now, it's kind of a career. So what did you find or when did you find a true love and passion for this sport? So I would say I 100% committed to jiu-jitsu when – Right after, right after our uh, ninth grade year, freshman year. So freshman year, I play, I ran track. I ran track for winter track, and I was doing the the outdoor track too. So spring track. Um, while I was doing winter track, I was still training jujitsu, but obviously less. So 
at Pans and Juvenile, this is Juvenile 1 for me. So at Pans, I ended up taking third in my division and then losing really early in the open class. And at Worlds, I ended up getting second in my division and then winning the op- and winning the open class. But when that happened, when I lost, I was like, I don't want to have this feeling of losing anymore. Like, I want to do everything I can to win. And I'm still running, tra- I was still running track at this time too, but I, I definitely was training more or, or trying to train more. So, um, and, and I also went down a weight class. I was like, so since I wasn't training as much, I was up a weight class for, for pants and I came back down for, for worlds. So I was facing people a little more my size. Uh, so at that point, I went back to after Worlds. I went back to track practice about one or two more times, and then I was like, "I'm a little big (laughs) because after tournaments, if I take like a big weight weight cut, I blow back up. So (laughs) I'm like a ball, and I'm over here trying to hurdle hurdle hurdles, and I'm like, yeah, it's not as easy as before. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just stop coming to practice, and then. Like everybody, everyone else is getting ready for like the outdoor nationals and everything, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna leave. So after that practice, I was pretty much done, and the rest is history. The I will say the other time I I thought about playing another sport was during the pandemic, because <laughs> I was I was like going outside and playing football with with other people, like some random people, and I was like, I think I'm pretty good at football. I don't wanna I don't wanna blow myself up too much, but I'm pretty decent at football. What do you so, play in football? I play corner. Okay. Corner. And then like if I had to if I had to choose right now, like to go on a team, then I'll I'll try out for corner. Um, because I like tackling people and I like to lock people down. So I, I've seen your work, I'm familiar. Um so, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I see exactly how that lends itself very well to that position. Uh, you didn't have to explain much. I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that, that checks out there. I would say oh, this, though. I I do like the idea that we were able to keep you because there's almost a, a multiverse timeline where you go off and become a football star. And and I'm not 100% convinced that we have you locked down here. So I'm doing our, our best that we can to keep you in this sport because <laughs> I think you're good for it. And clearly the results are there. I would ask this. This, I believe, is your first year competing at black belt, correct? This is my I, – I got my black belt in June of last year. So okay. this – yeah, this was my first my first go-around, my full, first full go-around. What have you seen in this past year of your first year competing as a black belt compared to all the other years, especially competing and, and doing it for so long – like, what have you seen in the in the jumping competition, or just the the level of competition that you've seen from your perspective? I would say the level of competition is it's like a, it's like it starts all over. Like you're at the top of the color belt, uh, and then next thing you know, you have to start all the way back over, and you're fighting to get to back to the top at black belt because it's like a whole different animal. People are people are putting their lives at, at Blackwood, they're putting their lives into this and they, they, they live or die for, for, for their uh, jiu-jitsu career. So you're like fighting with people that are fighting for their life pretty much. And 
you you need to put in more you need to put in more in order to get more from um your competition results and everything so um yeah and then other other than competition i mean i think now at black belt like competing at black belt black belt and achieving uh things definitely opened up a lot of opportunities like this year i competed at europeans like i never been out of, out of the country before so i've competed in paris i went to korea um and then i'm i, I taught at, at different places like had like seminars or workshops at places so like definitely opened up opportunities monetary and just like i guess i guess the word is nostalgic like going to different places and seeing different things so that's pretty much what i get from from being where I am. Copy that. That is how we keep you. you have to climb up to the top all over again. Yep. No, I think we figured out how to keep you away from football. So we're good. All right. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to put a pin on our conversation. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to give you an opportunity first to go ahead and shout out any of your sponsors or any of your team that help you get ready and win and perform so well at ADCC trial. So I'm going to put the camera straight on you, sir. Please go ahead and give thanks or shout out the sponsors who have helped to make it so that you can do such incredible things on the mat. So sponsors definitely want to shout out Moya. Obviously got the shirt on right now and um, they've been giving me gear since 2019 uh, and, and they've been really, really good. And um, obviously parents, Definitely want a big shout out to them, my siblings, my brother, my sister. They like the unbelievable support. All of my family, pretty much, um, like incredible support. Uh, teammates, my, my coaches, Master Lord, Master Donnie, uh, Malachi, Angelo, Corey Walker, Corey Dorsey, my brother, Jamil, everybody, everybody, all the kids, all the teens, everybody. They, they the support is crazy, and um, Garrett, Garrett, um. He he, pretty much helped me with my wrestling. He's like a, a D two national wrestling champ, so his 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 wrestling um, tips and, and details are are really good. And obviously, that helped me out in in, in the long run for the uh, HC Eastern Eastern Trials. And yeah, there's like a, such a long list. I can't even name everybody, but everybody knows. Everybody knows. So. That's a pretty good uh, series, though, that you just rattle off. I think you'll have appeased most people, and if they were mad they didn't get shouted out, I'm sure you're going to win other stuff. So right. it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, what I want to give you as the, the last kind of moment to uh, respond to is a question, which is very simple, which is, what would a win at ADCC Worlds mean to you? Oh, man. If you see, if, if you think that the trials meant a lot, then you're probably gonna see me on that mat crying for like five minutes. <laughs> like <laughs> it's gonna be, I'm, I'm picturing it now. Like that'll mean so much because the opportunity, the window of opportunity, like everything is just gonna open up so so big. And I feel like if my name, like I don't even think my name is big now, but. It's gonna be. It's, I, I, I'm not even worried about that. But it's just gonna be such a great feeling, like to know that I, I I became one of the best, one of the best of the best, and just to to be crowned champion at, at one of the biggest um, 
events in jujitsu history is going to be crazy. Well, I'll tell you this right now. You've already etched your name very nicely. So your name is going to continue to get bigger, but the era in which you don't think you're a big name probably stops right about now. You have put yourself very nicely into a group of gentlemen who have made very, very good impressions just by being a trials winner first and foremost. But now you're going to go on and you're going to compete at a very, very big, big tournament that not a lot of people ever get the chance to do. So just knowing that you're in that elite company alone should change the trajectory of things. So if I'm you, I'm imagining that crying in a very big way as much as possible and holding on to that because that's a very good visual. And I think that if you know that about yourself, then you really are seeing something in the future. And if you're drilling stuff in your sleep and, and still trying to figure out things, I think you're bound for some success that maybe we just don't know or see just yet. But I want to tell you, man, congratulations to you. Excellent work. You have a very bright future ahead of you. And uh, I'm very happy that we were able to do this today, my man. So big congrats to you again. And I look forward to seeing you compete at the big dance. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on here. It's a pleasure. It's my first time. So definitely was shaking the whole time. You see me adjusting myself, trying to get myself comfortable, but Definitely hey, here's the good news, you. though. I, you know, just like you say that you pick up on tendencies, if mm. I'm rolling with you, I'm not your level, but I'm going to use these tricks that I know from the talking part to at least mm. pass guard. Like, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be like, hey, tell me about your first day of jiu-jitsu, and I'm literally going to be going to your left side and being like, all right, I think <laughs> I'll pass this guard now. But uh, <laughs> let's do this, Elijah. I'm going to close this program, but I'm going to say bye to you off air. So if you don't mind sticking around. I'll see okay. you off air in just a second, but my thanks to you, sir. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys, that's about to do it for us, but a couple quick reminders. First and foremost, if you enjoy the show, like, comment, and subscribe. And if you don't know what to comment on, I got a major thing that you can easily talk about right now. What we can talk about is, if you don't know what to put in the comment section, all I'm thinking is maybe you tell us what your favorite breakfast food is. You had big breakfast on here a little while ago. And he was telling it it was actually pancakes, which I believe it's actually waffles because let's get into a debate about this. Pancakes are just kind of like soggy. Uh, it's not that great. But if it's really like it's waffles, right? Like back me up here. It's waffles. And you know what's sad is I see my man in the corner screen of what's going on here. And I love the fact that I'm seeing him respond in a way that he's like, are you, you're doing this to me now? You're doing me dirty, dude. I could have responded to this. No, no, no. He's done. He's outside of the broadcast now. So what I'm telling you guys is comment on there. You can also hit us up, high.page backslash grappling hour. You can become a member. Five bucks a month. You see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. And if you want to support us and give us some extra love, you can become a premium member to see tape studies with the athletes on their fights and their matches. We got a lot of those. We can also see people roasting my competition footage because it's pretty funny. And you can also see mini-sodes, little episodes of these shows on particular subjects, including steroids and athletes who have competed against other athletes that they say they respected the most. So you can check all that out, hide.page backslash grappling hour, and become a member of our Discord. Ladies and gents, that's going to do it for us. It has been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats. <laughs>